Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to Secret Artists. I'm your host, Annie McGrath. And this week I am joined by the absolutely delightful Alison Spittle, whose chosen muse is Sheila Nagig, a figurative carving of a naked woman with an exaggerated vulva. Um, Apparently these can be seen on buildings throughout Europe, but the highest concentration of them is in Ireland. And according to Wikipedia, one of the best examples may be found in the Round Tower at Ratu in County Kerry. So if you're there, then do check that out. Uh, It's thought the purpose of these was to keep evil spirits away and to ward off death, evil and demons. So that's good. I loved chatting to Alison all about art, about growing up as an Irish girl in England and then as an English girl in Ireland and how she's navigated feelings of not belonging. Um, We do have quite a light chat, but then we touch on subjects like religion and some slightly heavier things like flashing and being burgled at knife point. So if that hasn't put you off, then it's a genuinely joyful episode. So thank you for listening and enjoy the podcast. Okay, great. Where are you watching it, Alison? Uh, in my home, I think. Nice. Yeah, you Classic. have to pre-book like pubs here and stuff. It feels. Like. I know it's lame. Luckily, Chloe did that, so all good. <laughs> right, I'm going to read you a little intro, Amazing. and then we can chat. Um, cool, cool, cool. Here goes. Alison Spittle is an award-winning comedian and writer who is a regular on The Guilty Feminist and has her own BBC Sounds podcast, Wheel of Misfortune, which she co-hosts with comedian and former secret artist guest, Fern Brady. Alison is the creator and star of TV series Nowhere Fast, which aired on RTE2 to great critical acclaim. And nowhere else. (laughs) (laughs) Alison has written on a number of topical panel shows, including Yesterday, Today and the Day Before, Have I Got News For You, and lots more. Welcome to the podcast, Alison. Hello! Hello, how are you? Annie, Annie, I'm good, I'm good. (laughs) I am like uh, freshly awake. I've just had some seeds, some nuts and berries in (gasps) my mouth. Um, Nice. I feel feel ready to art. That's what I've had as well. Did you? Yeah, sort of oats with um, seeds and berries. Yeah, I'm trying that milk. now. Yeah, I'm almond trying it milk. too. It's depressing, isn't it? It is. I feel like I'm eating like Snow White or something like that. Yeah, you know? it's not good stuff. No. It's no um, panna chocolate. 
No, it's it's no pop tarts. <laughs> no. <laughs> chocolate would be oh, yeah, lovely. Be yeah, it's yeah. not sustainable though. Every day, I don't think. Do you think like pop tarts was inspired by pan chocolate? Yeah, I feel like a friend used to eat them at uni, and I thought they looked really dry. Yeah, they do. They look really dry. But as a kid, I don't know. Like it was like. You'd get it on the day that your parents were telling you they were divorcing or something like that. You know, it was like a real oh, kind of like my parents got divorced and I didn't get any pop tarts. Did you? Were you when your parents got divorced? My parents got divorced. Uh, what were the advantages of your parents getting divorced? Two Christmases. Mm-hmm. Um, some sort of you know sympathy from other people. Although yeah. actually, that's probably not true because everyone's parents are divorced these days, aren't they? Well, me, my my parents were the first to divorce in my village. Oh, congrats! And like, I know. And I, uh, <laughs> the day of it, I took out like a full packet of Benson and Hedges, and I was like, I'm a smoker now. Like I was before, <laughs> but now I'm an open the smoker. How old were you? I was about um, fifteen, fourteen. Okay, because I think I was about two. So if I'd got out a packet of fags, I think a lot of questions <laughs> would have been asked. <laughs> but a real power move be real, yeah. real power move um so we're gonna do some art today have you chosen yes. something for us to draw do you know what i will Vega. uh a <laughs> sheila nagik uh, which is a medieval uh it's a medieval sculpture found in ireland and in britain and in france and there's kind of like arguments about what it is and what it represents and stuff like that yeah here we go wow that is such a good idea so yeah i thought so for the people at home they're kind of you can find them on you can find them in churches Mm -hmm. um and um it's just a it's a woman with a a very very large vulva Mm -hmm. and a happy face and (laughs) (laughs) she's happy face yeah she's presenting her vulva uh to, to the world they say it represents i mean there's two schools of thought it either represents like fertility and the beauty of women mm-hmm. and um whores well not like you know sex workers i mean like just the the old term like slut shaming mm. kind of of women as well they're they're two i think like people are holding on to the fertility one and like it doesn't matter either way you know it's cool yeah, but these are these are Sheila Sheila the geeks. Do you know what? Sheila. This is perfect because a couple of weeks ago we had Poppy Hillstead on the podcast, and her yeah. muse was drawing the best or painting the best dick we could think of. And this week we're doing a massive vulva, so I feel like it's Whoa. come full circle, and the jigsaw is complete. Oh, um, my look at that one! That looks like that's an incredible. Tray. So, are there lots of different? There's not one specific one. There's like different. Because I'm looking on Google now, there seem to be different versions of Sheila Nagik. She- yeah, Sheila Nagik's. Sheila Nagik, yeah. Um, I think I would like. We're looking here. I I can see where the, that looks good. That's a that's a legit. Um, that looks. Is that like a salt and pepper shaker? There's perforated. <laughs> because there's ones on Etsy. People have done like replicas of them. Um, I think if if we scroll up, um, to. I think the old, old. Yeah, I think we want the original, don't we? Yeah. What about that one? Big vagina energy. Can we get that in? Can we get that bigger? (laughs) 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 The face is sort of looks like one of the Muppets, doesn't it? I that's that's kind of what I really like about it. You know, I'm not one, uh, very repressed generally. 
but uh, there's just something quite pure and kind and just it is just kind of like God, look at this yeah, look at my it's, big it's... vagina look look at that it's weirdly almost like childlike like it doesn't look sexual at all no it's just like no. this is my vulva yeah exactly <laughs> exactly lads look at this it's yeah. a massive vulva <laughs> incredible all right yeah. well i'm gonna use pencil on sort of card i think for this have you what are you working with i'm thinking i got plaster scene oh so my god yes i'm Alison. thinking of going 3d I ordered quite a lot of like art stuff because I felt mm -hmm. like um, I felt like that's what I would be doing. I I for some reason I thought like it was really gonna be. I I kind of like prepared for the lockdown like an apocalypse, and I was like, I need to get entertainment that doesn't involve like you know the television or relying on yeah um, streaming sites and stuff. So I bought like quite a lot of plaster scene and quite a lot of like crafty stuff and art stuff mm -hmm. uh, and then I just watched quite a lot of streaming stuff and didn't really <laughs> you know didn't really the intentions were there it really was <laughs> I always like, think of you as a very sort of colorful creative person do you think like were you an artist before lockdown or did you just were you like I'm gonna get into it because the world's ending I am um, so there's gonna be a lot of crinkling because I'm going through different mm. bits of uh plaster scene for people I'm just sketching out the vulva I suppose like my artist my when I was a, a, in secondary school mm. I was artistic I built a whole I built a whole costume made out of cigarette packets for an anti-smoking is this why you're taking up smoking post yeah. oh mate <laughs> I do a speech in front of like 5,000 people in a big golf course in Ireland it was like the national fi finals of the Young Social Innovator Award. 5,000 uh, people? Yeah, it was crazy. That's a huge um, gig. And I was just smoking fags all before because I was so afraid yeah, of public speaking. And I was just saying, oh, fags are bad for you. And uh, I was relying on them at that time. But <laughs> I've given up cigarettes now. so <laughs> You don't have to do that before you go on stage yeah. for every gig. Yeah, but um, um, yeah, I was into art in in secondary school. I don't think I felt like I was good at it mm. or good enough to pursue it. And then um, I got together with my boyfriend, and his family are quite artistic. Mm -hmm. Like his mum, his mum has a lovely shed full of like lovely stuff and makes stuff, and um, they have art around their house. And uh, I suppose maybe in maybe definitely during lockdown mm -hmm. I've been more into art I've been I've had like I had this guy I'll, I'll, wait there I'm gonna look up his name because I don't want to his name's Joseph um Joseph Artman let's see <laughs> Joseph Artman is that what you're <laughs> good luck with that <laughs> Joseph Castellan is his name mm -hmm. and um he does quite a lot of like Irish uh, he did a few mur murals encouraging people to like vote for marriage equality and stuff. And he had um, an exhibition on in the National Art Gallery in Ireland. And he asked me to sit on this big plinth for him. And then like he took pictures of me and put it into the art gallery. So he got you to sit on a plinth and then... He got his mate who... 
he got his mate who had like a gold hand and I had to like, I wonder if you type in my name, it might come up. I'm not sure. But yeah, let's give that a go. Wait there. I'll I'll send it to you. But uh, yeah, it was pretty cool. I mean, it was just like. Um, so where were you? Sorry, is this in Ireland? In Ireland, in Dublin, in the National Gallery in uh, Dublin. Oh, amazing. Yeah. It was pretty cool. And um also also this lady called Genevieve Figgis. <gasps> yeah, Genevieve Figgis. I was gonna talk to you about this because I oh, love on. her work so much. Oh and, my um, god. When I was just like doing a bit of research on you, I looked at your Twitter profile and I was like, that portrait, your profile picture looks so like one of her paintings. And then I Googled Genevieve Figgis, Alison Spittle, and was like, Oh my god, she's actually painted you. I could believe it. I That's like, so cool. I, I love know. her. It's uh, yeah, it, it's pretty class. I it it's like um, and she's really, from Dublin as well, isn't she? Yeah, I think yeah, she's got like um, I'm not, I don't think I've met her before, but she tagged me in um, her Instagram, uh, where she had done a like painting of, of a Instagram post that I had put up. Mm-hmm. where I was wearing a headdress and stuff. I just like wearing mad things. She said, I don't know if you've read this, but there's an interview with her on the Almine Resch Gallery website. Mm-hmm. And she said she watched your Rape Crisis Centre gig online. And she said, I saw a comedian who cheered everyone up. I'm a woman and I support women. I thought she was the cutest lady in the world. She was all dressed up with a fan and I did a little portrait of her on paper. Wow, and that's, that's so you, cool. the cutest lady in the world. <laughs> I'll put that on my blurb. Yeah. <laughs> that's amazing. That's very nice. It's so cool. So, have you got the original, or did she just send you a photo of the painting? She she sent me a photo. I don't have the original. I actually, uh, this other lady called Hannah sent me a a painting of myself, and I have that. Well, I I have too many paintings of myself, and I f- that <laughs> sounds really arsy. That sounds really arsy. Can people stop painting portraits of me? It's getting out (laughs) of hand. Wow, that's wicked. It's pretty cool. Is there a sort of... What's that in the background? Some sort of star? Yeah, I think it's like a kind of space thing. Yeah. stood up. I got like a sword made out of cornflake boxes and a laptop in my hand. Your two favourite uh, things. Yes. <laughs> That's really um, cool. Yeah. I'll show you paintings that I've done because um, I might as well bring them down while I'm here. Yeah, please. Um, this is a painting of... Uh, did you ever see the film Goodfellas? No, but I, I know of it. <laughs> That's so cool. <laughs> That's that's the painting that the, the mum does from Goodfellas. Amazing. I'm going to try and make this bigger. i got... Like, I might just do, like, a multicoloured. Yeah, I love that. So have you got different... Which colours of plasticine have you got? Oh, mate. Okay. Like, I got about, like, 20... I think I'd say about 20 different colours. Yeah. I don't... Like, I really like art. um, But sometimes I feel, like, very afraid to talk about it because I feel like I don't know enough about it or I'm not passionate enough about it or whatever. It seems um, like you are. Also, I think everyone has that worry with art because it feels like something that's 
I don't know, less accessible than other forms of art, like music. People yes. don't feel the same sort of, I don't know, distance from it or... I mean, like, sometimes it's hard to feel like I... I can, I've gone to some exhibitions now that I feel like I can go, I have a favourite exhibition mm-hmm. or whatever. Yeah. But if I, if I didn't like something, I couldn't tell you why I didn't like it, you know? Because like, it yeah. takes a lot of effort yeah. to make something. Lockdown has, like, lots of people have been drawn to art. Like you say, you bought all this plasticine, everyone was like painting rainbows on their windows. It suddenly was like, oh, art is the thing that people actually go to in a time of need. And it doesn't have to be this sort of pretentious high end thing. It's just a, a creative outlet for. Yeah, art is a gift. As well. like, like the things where people sent me, <laughs> where Hannah sent me that picture of myself and stuff. Like you know, mm. that's like something that she did to kind of like help her mind stay off stuff or whatever during mm. lockdown. And then it's like, is this a beautiful gift to get? Mm. My art is very nice in, in that regard. Yeah. Um So have you got any other portraits of you that <laughs> you're gonna whip out? Um uh, not here, but a few <laughs> in my mum's house. <laughs> oh really? Who are they by? Uh my friend Erin, uh who is a comedian, Erin McGaffey, she does like really arty, lovely stuff. Um like she's always like making really elaborate cakes. She's just a very crafty, crafty woman. Mm-hmm. Um, and she, she, um, what was it? Yeah, she did a painting of me at a at a podcast recording. Mm-hmm. And my mum has that up in her bathroom. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. So when I lived in Dublin and I had like a a sitcom out and stuff Mm -hmm. and I was living in this uh, apartment building and one day I had a knock on the door on my apartment door, which is so odd because you have to, you have to press a buzzer to get in, you know, Mm -hmm. so I was just like freaked out. So I answered the door and there was this woman at the the door. Mm And a child, and the child gave me this framed collage of my face and like AS written across it and Alison's Spittle. Was that and cute, I, or was that like, how the fuck did you get into my building? No, they were neighbours. They were okay, neighbours. So that okay. that was cute, but it became not cute when 
the the woman behind was going like, oh, this is for you. And I'm like, oh, thank you. And then she goes, my husband made it. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> cool. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, it stops being cute when you find out it's not the kid. Yeah, 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 absolutely. So um, it was, uh, that was funny. And like, because it's like, I think, because my partner said that I just kept going to the child. Did you make this? Even though I'd heard the woman say that her husband had made it. Oh, but in my God. head, I was like, you like, just say yes, please just say yes. Yeah. <laughs> and the kid's like, no, my dad's a pervert. <laughs> um, yeah. That, that was, oh, but like, nice. you know, effort had been made into it. It was framed. It was very nice. That's cute. And uh, yeah. So where does um, that one live? That one lives in my mum's house as well. Like everything, everything not here. It's kind of like in my 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 mum's downstairs bathroom is like a shrine <laughs> to my um she she even has the the photo from me from the national gallery thing so like oh, wow yeah it does it honestly it's like if you it's like a little museum to me in my mum's downstairs bathroom I love that you've got so many portraits of yourself that you have to like divide them up between properties. It's so odd. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I don't think I've got a single portrait of myself. Wait, who did it? No, no, I don't have a single one. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> so if anyone's listening and does want to do a portrait of me, then please feel free. It's it's a very nice feeling when someone does it. Like you don't know how to you know reacting it like i've never i've never really i've 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 had like people do you know tag me in stuff that they've done on instagram and and so especially referring since yeah. the podcast it's so funny because like uh like for for fern would like we would be chatting and like sometimes she'd be like i would never wear those trousers i don't know where they got the impression <laughs> that I would wear those trousers. <laughs> That's what she's way. focused on. Yeah. <laughs> I love your podcast. It's great. Wheel of Misfortune. Oh, thank um, you. Thanks so much. I love um I love making it. Are you um, still getting complaints? <laughs> oh, what from the Daily Mail? Was it the Daily Mail? I think that was when I spoke to Fern. It was like just after some yeah. offensive or something people had t- taken offence to I can't even remember what it would have been but it's so odd because I feel like I mean I was very thankful for it mm. you know it boosted our listenership so yeah I bet <laughs> uh, but sometimes okay let's try um, you see I've done I've kind of stretched out her vulva a bit too let's see how we're doing yeah, I've gone for some quite intense cross-hatching on the vulva. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, uh, like I feel, and this might be like going on my soapbox a bit or whatever, but I feel like people talk about freedom of speech in comedy in this like, like a culture war abstract kind of like this wouldn't be made nowadays type thing. Mm. But like uh it it feels weird that the podcast was even kind of noteworthy to comment on yeah um do you know because because we talk about like uh piss and shit and 
vomit and it's the kind of thing where i just assume if it was two men doing that podcast the complaint you'd have so much fewer complaints that, that's that's exactly how i feel exactly and i don't think like we're both weird ex-catholics as well so there's mm. an element of like we're we're not fully uh free and on board of ourselves you know what i mean yeah. so it's like I wish... You're going to have to go and repent for your sins. Yes. <laughs> oh. I went to a Catholic primary school. but Oh, my gosh. So did you make your communion and stuff? I actually didn't because I was such a tomboy. I didn't want to wear a dress. Amazing. And that's the only reason. So everyone else did it. And my mum said I could wear my cricket gear, but I thought <laughs> that would be too embarrassing <laughs> with all these girls with, like, beautiful virginal dresses and me wearing cricket whites you missed out on so much money that like oh yeah that's true (laughs) what did you get for your communion i got like 70 irish pounds which i thought i was very happy with my cousin made his communion the same day and he made like 300 because he's got more uncles than me and he's a man so that's the gender pay gap yes the gender pay gap But I bought like a Barbie out of it. I was so happy. Oh, nice. Um, but um, and did you get confirmed? Or just, yeah, yeah. Got, got confirmed, and I believed in God for like a long enough time uh, mm-hmm. until until I watched a a film called uh, the Magdalene Sisters, which was like this um, this Irish film about how Irish women were treated uh, in the mid-century mm-hmm. um, and I had no idea that that was uh, what the church was involved in and I mm. kind of uh, I, I, I I stopped then yeah. and I, I think I think maybe as well like I had other doubts too but when I watched it I was like ah, no this is not and then you either. just stopped going to church yeah and I used to like be a server, do readings at mass. Does that um, mean you gave out the bread and the wine? Um, I was inv- yeah. When I was a server, you had to like ring a bell at a certain time when the priest was lifting up the communion, and mm-hmm. um, at funerals and stuff, you'd be holding. Funerals were great because you'd get a bit of money, um, you know, <laughs> you'd get like a tip and stuff. People yeah. in the morning and stuff. Um, yeah, get them while they're vulnerable. Yeah, exactly, exactly. It was a whole, it was a whole kind of uh, economy uh, yeah. back in the day. I'm obsessed with religious iconography. Mm-hmm. There's a in in the in the national well in the do they call it the the Scottish National Art Gallery in Edinburgh. Yeah, yeah. Then I think it's called the National they National Gallery a, of Scotland or something. Yeah, they have like an exhibition there. It's mm-hmm. just so beautiful. Um, so do you yeah. try and go and see galleries and exhibitions whilst you're doing the fringe? Yeah, because it's not comedy. Do you know I what I like mean? It's a nice respite from uh, yeah, live shows and you know entertaining people. It's quite a nice, um, calming thing to do in the midst of the festival. Oh, it's a joy. I I went to school in London for like a year I so I was born in London and um I moved to Germany and then to Ireland and back to London oh, wow. and then to Ireland again 
um because my dad was a my dad's a builder so mm -hmm. we just kind of moved where the work was mm -hmm. and um my school brought me to the national art gallery in london and there is this painting of lady jane gray and she's got her she's got her blindfold on and mm. They told me the story about, you know, she's a young girl and she's going to get her head chopped off because she had really, like, angered the crew. Yes! That's the picture. And oh, um, yeah. when I was a kid, I just stared at that for, like, a very, very long time and it pulled me away. And then when I was an adult and I went back to... Look at that. She's just so scared. She's got a blindfold over her head. Some lad's whispering stuff into her ear. Yeah, there's something incredibly ominous about like the way he's holding her and sort of staring into her whilst she's blindfolded. And his, cl his clothes, they're quite opulent. And mm. uh, for me, that, that stuff was like, I was, I was obsessed with death. Mm. I was like, so like, um, but when I was an adult, I went back to that gallery and I was like, I'm going to have a look for this and see if it's here just for the crack. And uh, I, I just had the exact same reaction when I was a kid, like when I was an adult and I just couldn't, couldn't get couldn't over Couldn't stop it. staring at it. Yeah. And I was kind of like, I couldn't breathe properly for a few seconds. It's so weird because I don't think it's like, you know, you look at it and you're like, okay, cool. That's it. But it just, it just felt like I was five again and going, uh, how do you live forever? kind of thing you know mm. but um yeah it was beautiful who executed lady jane gray that's what i want to know so apparently like she was like a a cousin of elizabeth's was that or was it so she was great granddaughter of henry the seventh yeah. And first cousin, once removed, God, they were all fucking their cousins, weren't they? <laughs> um, so she's related to Edward VI. Um, who bloody executed her, though? I think she was like, ex I think like her male relatives. Oh, John Bridges. Um, they kind of, they were pushing her as like the next royal because technically she could she could be that mm. and uh they were like no so he was a member of up. parliament the guy who's executing her oh john bridges gruesome yeah it's definitely one of those images that stays with you yeah yeah and as well because the teachers as well couldn't properly explain like why she you know she didn't kill anyone or yeah. Anything like that. She was just, you know. Just so. entertainment back then, wasn't it? Executing people. Yeah. Like going to see a stand-up show. <laughs> <laughs> um, so did you get a confirmation name? That's the thing that would be yeah. most appealing to me, getting a new name. It'd be quite fun. I, I did. I went for Cecilia. Which nice. She's the patron saint of... Good Catholic girl. Yeah. Patron saint of music. Mm. And I... I think she was like patron saint. They always have like gruesome deaths and stuff. But um, uh, I wanted that or Celeste because like Celestial being and Daphne and Celeste were like uh, a thing I liked at the time. Mm. But um, you had to write to the bishop um, to to like ask for permission. 
Oh, really? Yeah, because my cousin wanted the confirmation name Keith, and uh, <laughs> there was no, <laughs> there was no saints. My uh, friend wanted Lucifer because you could just yes. get to choose one from the Bible, I think. But yeah, he got. Um, Did he get down. it? No, I think his his parents sort of told him he couldn't have Lucifer. <laughs> <laughs> so are your family all still quite religious? Are you like the rebel, or are you all sort of lapsed Catholics? I think they're all. I think they're all lapsed Catholics. To be honest with you, mm-hmm. like, um, my mum before my dad my dad was very very anti-religion and mm-hmm. when my parents got married because my mom's catholic and my dad is like just like you know nothing football is his religion are they both um, irish or is it just your mom who's irish just my mom that's irish my dad is uh my dad like i say this in stand-up but like honest it just it it just works for general mm-hmm. life um my dad is that English that even I feel colonized by him. Like he's just <laughs> so, so English. Um, yeah. And when I was a kid, I was just very into the idea of an afterlife. I, I kind of like was always very worried about my dad's immortal soul mm-hmm. all the time. And like, I would say, I would keep going like, dad, like what do you think is going to happen to you after you die? Like I was just kind of going like, no, shouldn't you sort this? Like, <laughs> And he was like, I don't know, probably just darkness. And I'm like, oh, my. Cr-. That was just not what I wanted to hear. How old were you at As that point? <laughs> I'd say like about at communion age and stuff. So about like seven or eight. Yeah. Quite and young I, to be uh, faced with your dad's impending doom. Yeah. But I was honestly thinking like if we had a car crash or something like that and we all perished like that it would be like my parents had divorced because my dad would be in hell you know which is going to be hard to visit well i i don't know (laughs) hell hell is a strong thing maybe some form of like my mom was most worried about purgatory i think that's why we got um we had our first it was not first you got my first yeah christened yeah um because she worried her great aunts had you know told her that we'd go to purgatory if we didn't which yeah and you know that the Pope, I think, like, was it Francis? Mm. I think he got rid of the concept of purgatory. Uh, St. Patrick was the patron saint of, like, Ireland, but he's also, they get they get a few double jobs, these saints, and he was uh, the patron saint of um, purgatory. So he would have, oh. it would have been his domain. He would have had to look after stuff. My dad's called Patrick. I didn't realise that was what that meant. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Is your dad Irish? He, uh, yeah, he's half Irish, and my mum is full Irish. Nice. My mum was born in Cork and went to about eight different convents in the north of Ireland, which <laughs> will sound pretty brutal. Yeah, that does that doesn't sound fun. To no. be honest. <laughs> which did um, you prefer? So you grew up partly in England and then moved to Ireland. Did you say? Yeah, I would have moved to Ireland very. Uh, before my communion so about like I moved around quite a lot so did you have a feeling of being a sort of outsider in both places or was there one where you were like oh this is my home oh big time because like the village that I moved to like um is a small village and there's a term in Ireland called blow-ins which Mm -hmm. is like um a rural Irish kind of term for people that were like maybe born 15 miles away and have moved to the village like it's very 
It's a very, it's a very odd situation. I'm just gonna move mm. a lot of plastic now and then touch. I feel like I don't want to annoy people, but I suppose <laughs> I like they'll it. know I'm actually doing stuff. Yeah. But, um, in my estate, so my dad, my dad is a builder, and then my dad had a car accident, and he was like off work for like a couple. Of, he was in a wheelchair for a couple of years, so he was off work. Oh, no. So he's 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 fine now. Um, but he um, but we moved to this estate, and for some reason, there was about three other British fa- English families mm-hmm. specifically in this estate, which is like an anomaly, really. Um, and like we used to kind of hang out with each other and go like, "Oh, I like Craig David," because Craig David wasn't a big thing in Ireland, which is meant, which is mad, you know. Yeah, that is crazy. I know. So we what used to was hang big? Out. Was it like the cause? Yeah, like garage in general. I feel uh, didn't really. Maybe some Irish uh, people will disagree with me, but in my small Irish village, I felt like garage wasn't appreciated. Okay. Um, I used to have like a a CD single of Baby Cakes by this band called Free of a Kind, <laughs> which I love. Baby I mean, cakes, you just, you don't, just know. don't know. No, no. It's so good. I brought that like to teen discos, <laughs> hoping that DJs would play it because I just couldn't. You know, they, they, it wouldn't occur to them to do that. So <laughs> <laughs> we used to hang around and listen to Craig David, and like uh, we had this crew that we called the X Crew which consisted of us like just doing X signs with our hands in front of disposable cameras. Like we were, we felt we were incredible. We weren't. (laughs) Yeah, so blowing is like a term for a person not from the village. And I did Mm -hmm. always kind of feel like an outsider. And then I moved to Dublin when I was an adult and I Mm -hmm. felt, it's so strange because I kept thinking, oh, I'm going to move to a city and then, you know, I'll be accepted there. Yeah. But you're treated as a rural person there. So it's right. like, so I just kind of very much leaned into, and I would try and assimilate as hard as I could with like rural life. And I feel like I have, like most of my comedy now is about, I, this plaster scene is like just crumbling into bits. I wonder, <laughs> would I add like water to it? Would yeah, that... maybe. Is it feeling dry? Oh, it's crumbling in my hands like muesli. Like, it's just not... You don't want a crumbly vulva. You don't. (laughs) Have you ever been flashed before? I have, yeah. I actually had a bit of my show about being flashed. Um, Oh, really? Yeah, it was on my way to a party at BAFTA. (laughs) So I was, like, dressed all (laughs) fancy and really excited and... uh, yeah, it was on my road. A guy watched me leaving my house and uh, followed me down the road. And uh, I ca- crossed over to get away from him. And he got his dick out of his trousers and started like spinning it around in his hand. Like a helicopter. <laughs> like a helicopter, yeah. It was quite traumatic. I got flashed and I was quite traumatised by it as well. Yeah, I uh, think it was that he'd seen me leave my house. So I was like, he knows where I live and also I'm... I was wearing heels, so I couldn't run that quickly. Ah. Um, Where was yours? Near my house. Did you ever see him again? No, I reported it to the police and they actually, it was quite annoying actually because someone else then reported 
a man with the same description. So they asked me to come in to the police station. And then when I called them to be like, when should I come in? They basically said the police officer hadn't updated my records. So they just closed the case. Wow. So he, um, I guess, is still out there. But I feel like I'd recognise him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is a disgrace. Yeah. Um, I saw mine near my house. I was on my bike. Mm-hmm. And he was like a guy who was like, and I I did stuff about it actually stand up wise as well, mm. but um, he he was just like going hello hello, and like he wanted me to look at him, and I was like, why mm. does this guy? And I do have something in the back of my head, and I don't know why, but I'm all the time, I'm always thinking like. You must open yourself to opportunities. <laughs> Strangers can be like eccentric millionaires who want to like <laughs> become like a Dimitri or whatever. I feel like, yeah, like this comes back to you working as a server in the church. And like, yeah. <laughs> just think of it as an opportunity. <laughs> That's definitely it. Yeah. Um, but like, yeah, so uh, he, 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 he was, he was, he was kind of waving in a really weird way, and I looked at where he was waving, and it was like a, an exposed penis. But mm. yeah, and I, I told the police, and the police were like, ah, the police were, the police kind of came and they were, they ran in and they were like, don't worry, he wouldn't have touched you at all. He's what's known as a voyeur, like. That's so irritating. I know, I know. Because it counts Um, as sexual assault, so it should be taken... Well, I hope now it will be taken a bit more seriously, but I feel like we're just basically conditioned to be grateful that nothing worse happened when you get Definitely. And it it was scary for me in the way that, like, uh, it's that type of thing of, like, I don't know, like, I've had brushes with, you know, sexual assaulters before and stuff, and you can kind of, like, logically put it into your head of, like, oh, this happened, and I know it's ridiculous to go because of this or whatever, you know what I mean? And next Mm. time, I'll be different. But with a flasher, it's kind of, like, it's so random, do you know what I mean? And they set out to do it, so you're, like... Yeah, do you think they do? I never know. I never know if it's like premeditated, like if he was walking down the street and was like, I'm going to flash someone. Oh, she's she's there. She's wearing a dress, whatever. Or whether it's yeah. like just a spontaneous thing. My one, my one was definitely random because it was like fishing. Do you know what I mean? Like he's standing at the side of the road. Right. Like in a quiet, like dark. So it feels like that's a kind of like, do you know, for you, your one does sound like, your one does sound worse if that's the, do you know? Well, I don't know, it was daylight, so it was like more surprising, I guess. Um, yeah. But I don't know. I don't know what, whether he People like sensed flash. I was scared or apprehended. Like I knew there was something dodgy about him, but I don't know whether he decided to do it to like further that power he had over me or... <laughs> Do you think that he was like, oh, she's scared. I'll give her something to actually be scared of, or? I don't know. I mm. don't think I'll ever quite understand people who do that. It's so annoying, though, that, like, you even have to think about that. 
you know what I mean about someone's yeah and I mean this may be too heavy for the podcast but thinking about what happened with Sarah Everard and the fact that that police officer had been reported for indecent exposure and that had just been totally not followed up with and it's like yeah the flashing in itself is traumatic and scary but it's like the the worry of what else that person is capable of that is a bigger issue. Could you imagine if he had a relative that had got done for flashing? Mm. Like, it wouldn't be acceptable. I'd be like, it just... No, you wouldn't invite them around for Christmas. No, and I feel like maybe people think about flashers in a way because they're like, uh, comedic you know they're depicted comedically and stuff and it's yeah. like a pathetic person would do it yeah but it's like it's still and like some people have been flashing they like and they go like it was fine you know whatever you know oh most women i've spoken to have all been flashed and it is yeah, yeah as you say it's like laughed off because yeah it's like oh nothing well nothing happened but it's like that in itself did happen and that's surely enough like I had like not not to go too deep into stuff, but like when he when I got flashed, it was like just after I had walked in on people robbing my house twice. So like I moved. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> How many ladders like, did you walk under? For all I that know to such bad luck. Like within a, I I I was in this house with this woman who kind of like it was her house and she made the rules and. She she didn't lock the place properly, and I walked in yeah. on a a man upstairs, and he came down with a knife, and he was like, <gasps> "Listen, that's terrifying, so terrifying, so scary, so low, you know, like just he came in, and he was like, car, he he came down the stairs. I thought it was my landlady, and he kind of like what is really fucked up or messed up for me is like he assessed that I was on my own and was just like, oh. right, I need to get more stuff out of this trip." you know so he like uh mugged me you know in my sitting room which was like really messed up and then so as in he took stuff off your being as well as stuff in the house yeah like he held a knife up to me and he like um he went through my bag and he was asking for car keys and i i did like it's so weird i've done stand-up mostly about very traumatic things for me because it makes it easier to kind of like talk about it or whatever do you know Mm. um but yeah he asked for like car keys and i didn't know how to drive and i was like trying to explain to him but there was like a there was a bit there was a language barrier between us like so So where where were you was this in london no this is in ireland this is in dublin and like um the the police came and like it's mad, like, I've had, like, so much crime happen to me, but I've never got past the point of, like, the police catching someone. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm. I've never kind of, like, which is mad. So you, I watch, like, I don't watch true crime anymore because, I'm like... I'm not surprised. You're living yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You need some respite. But I just can't understand, like, how they get people because i'm just like this i didn't think i'd be talking about this while doing art sorry about this but no yeah i'm sorry it happened to you did you say (laughs) you um so he did you say he flashed you as well as mugging you and 
he Thank no he you. just he was just the knife man okay but i moved <laughs> i moved to another house and then like within two weeks of moving to this house i came home and i walked in on two guys with crowbars at the top oh of the stairs God. so it was like a madness like and but they were nice because they just wanted to get out as quick as that, you know what I mean? So like they were, yeah. but I had gone- When you say they room. were nice, I mean, comparatively, they didn't hold a knife to your throat. Exactly. But... They didn't They didn't come down the stairs and went, you know. Nice <laughs> lads, yeah. This is a bonus round of whatever <laughs> I've got in here. They were like, they wanted to get out, but I had like, because I'd been robbed, bef- you know, previous, I kind of like, I rolled up into a ball and I was just going like, I was just swearing at them and shit. And but the problem was that I was rolled up into a ball, um, in in front of the front door. So they were trying to open the front door, couldn't open the front door because I am just like, and they had to like lightly foot me to the side, like just to like they didn't they they weren't hurting me or anything mm-hmm. like that. They were just they just wanted to leave. So like they did that. And were you trying to stop them from leaving because you were like you need to get arrested, or were you just like I'm beyond the point of knowing what uh, to do this is yeah i think i was like i'm be i i think i was just rolled up into a box i was like i don't want you to like hurt me or you know that kind of thing yeah um well alison but... this is a lot of trauma yeah <laughs> it isn't it for an art podcast i'm so sorry no, no. but anyway like a week later that guy flashed me and that was like i think i was coping perfectly well before that you know like with stuff but when he flashed me that was like way more traumatic because i kind of felt safer outside of my house do you know what i mean yeah but then i guess the people that are flashing are probably not the most reasonable like no oh hang on what you've been burgled okay sorry no i'll put my penis yeah in my trousers and go and target someone else sorry i wasn't yeah. i didn't know oh man um but what i i i was like so into the idea of like getting this guy to the to the police that i was giving him like I did give like very very detailed descriptions. Like they were asking, they were asking like what what was he dressed like? And I was like, well, like a member of the Backstreet Boys from the late nineties. <laughs> like he genuinely had like like this is the, what two thousand and twelve, maybe two thousand and thirteen or something like that. It happened. Yeah. And he was he was just dressed in long pants. I was like, this is ridiculous. <laughs> I'm doing kind of like a flat thing with my. With my uh, plaster scene. Oh, yeah. Yeah, kind of. It's ended up being flat because I have I have so much plaster scene, but it's all of like different colours. There's nothing big enough. The vulva is big. Are you like doing the body parts individually and then placing yeah. them onto each other? Or are you doing like, are you like sculpting it as a whole? What's your I'm process? Pro- it's a process. I'm doing it individually. I think I'm... It must look quite harrowing before you put it together. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm talking about like the most harrowing things in my life, and then I'm like making this big vulva. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's an intense thing to be doing first thing in the morning. It is. It is. I'm gonna have to kind of separate them a bit. I hope you've got nice things planned for the rest of the day. I do, and look, I can like, like a. It doesn't like I'd be lying if I said it didn't affect me, but like, I I talk about this shit all the time. Yeah. I I love, I love kind of like I don't know like, uh, uh 
this this does sound wanky, but the wheel of misfortune. <laughs> mm-hmm. But the podcast that me and Fern do, we talk about like horribly, you know, traumatic stuff that you just mm-hmm. kind of like laugh off because or talk about because it's part of life and stuff. Oh yeah, do you find there's a difference between Irish and English audiences in terms of doing performing stand up or? I do. I feel that like, I don't know, like through lockdown and stuff, I've been kind of like thinking a lot about stand up, about the way I do stand up. Um, I think Irish people have a lot more tolerance for you telling a story mm. and just going, going with it because it's kind of like they're used to like. There's a culture of like pub anecdotes, isn't there? big time big time like that is like that's a massive part of the irish culture is pub anecdotes and i'd say like a significant portion of irish stand-up comedy is kind of like pub anecdotes of mm-hmm. stuff you'd hear from people in a pub and um like with my family on the irish side they would they would have this thing where you either sing a song or you tell a story kind of thing and uh there's a big culture of that but um with britain i feel i feel that they are a lot more used to the concept of jokes and Mm -hmm. that sounds like i'm slagging off irish people i'm not but you mean like conventional sort of one-liner type yeah british people want you to prove to them first or maybe london audiences more so ah, no but like they just they want you to go they want you to get up within the minute and go like i'm funny don't worry Uh, yeah yeah here's the joke that you know that kind of thing yeah and um i kind of like because i moved here i moved here because of like you kept getting burgled yeah <laughs> and i was like london that's the place for me <laughs> famously crime free london so crime free and i moved here on that i've never had any crime done to me here before which i'm delighted about oh, good i've witnessed crimes like uh no i'm not gonna go into <laughs> <a> trauma. <laughs> I've, I've witnessed horrible crimes in london but never had it done to me so oh, good I mean, I'm lucky in that respect. But um, with uh, with British audiences, um, yeah, I I I just become very aware of what my what what language I use and how I talk mm. is different to uh, how British people talk. And my dad is English, and my grandparents are English, and I always felt like I had an idea about. Brits and stuff, you know, because yeah. I used to do summer jobs over here. Mm-hmm. Um, but like it is, it is different. It is different. I guess it's hard when you sort of identify in a way as English, like with your some of your family being English, but then you yeah. you have to be aware of how you come like you don't come across. I don't sound as, English. You don't sound English, yeah. When in the I, same way that if I'm like I'm Irish, people are like okay, no, you're not. You're just one of those. <laughs> When I uh, I moved over here doing like um, uh, a summer job of telemarketing mm-hmm. and the amount of like 
you know, you'd go, you'd go and go on the phone, and it'd be like, "You petty bastard," and all this type of thing. Like, oh, and God. I'd be like, "I've never," because like my grandparents talked. My grandparents lived in Britain uh, as Irish people, and they mm-hmm. talked about like the kind of, um, you know, the kind of treatment they'd get in the seventies and the sixties. And my dad would be very defensive of Britain and go that's exaggerated like you know that kind of thing and um and then I came here and I was like it actually isn't (laughs) but it's like but it's um and like I I also like when I lived in our I used to have like an English accent for a very long time Mm -hmm. um over in Ireland and you know I would just used to be being called the British one and then mm. I moved here and I'm like, oh, you're the Irish one now. And it's like, that's, I've never been in a place that's like. Where you feel you're, you yeah. belong. And that's all right. Like, you know. It's hard there's... though. I know that from my mum's experience of bit, like she was brought up in Nigeria, but she was yeah. from Cork and then went to Northern Ireland. She was the only Catholic in her school and like got bullied for that. And Whoa. yeah, that sense of not really knowing, not feeling like you're from the place you're in is sort of constant for her now in England she doesn't feel English really but she's yeah. lived here for you know, over 30 years it's like I don't know though like I I've written I've written plays and I've written sitcoms like about Royal Ireland and I <laughs> feel like I feel like I know because if I didn't if I didn't feel like I didn't belong I don't think I'd be able to observe the behavior Mm. because i would just feel like i am that person so therefore you know i think i was observing stuff so i could like join in and be be uh you know a part of the community or whatever that's interesting you're like hyper aware of the differences so you can try and yeah totally Sculpture or drawing? Sculpture today, but drawing. Ah, actually, do you know what? <laughs> Ooh, this is hard. Oh, it's quick fire. Uh, <laughs> drawing. <laughs> A real 360 there. Yes. Uh, Tracy Emin or Edvard Monk? Uh, Emin, she had a great exhibition that I saw. Spots or stripes? Spots. England or Ireland? Uh, Ireland. I'm sorry. <laughs> I've been there too long, Ireland. Dawn or dusk? Uh, dusk. <laughs> <laughs> I always have to think really hard about which one's which. But I know. I, dusk is the late one, isn't it? It is. Yeah, that's the one. That's the one. Can you separate the art from the artist? I think you can, but like, it really depends. I, I have lines. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> yes. What have they done but... and how good is the art? <laughs> exactly 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 like there is a reason like like people lost profits people don't go on about them that much because it mm-hmm. was like a severe crime he did and the music wasn't that good mm-hmm. like yeah you've got to do a sort of middling crime and do some amazing art with it exactly exactly church or nightclub nightclub they're both shit uh, <laughs> <laughs> kettle chips or potatoes potatoes Kettle chips are like absolute 
kettle chips are like nail bombs in your mouth. They just destroy the top of your, the roof of your mouth. <laughs> like, if you like the taste of your own blood, go for kettle chips. <laughs> Thank you. They should Sorry. bring that out as a flavor. The taste yes, of your own should. blood. Or salt and vinegar. Your own mortality flavor. Uh, what is the best Linkin Park song? One Step Closer to the Edge. Oh, yeah. And I'm about to break. Uh, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> That's how it goes. And I'm about to break. Uh, anyway. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Invisibility or super strength? Super strength. Unicorn or leprechaun? Uh, leprechaun. But in Ireland, like, we, that's not a big part of our culture. Like a, <laughs> like a banshee is a bigger part of our culture. But anyway. Okay, banshee or leprechaun? Banshee. <laughs> Giving or receiving? Presents. Hey, uh, you know what? Receiving, got some great presents this year. Got a watering can. <laughs> nice. So good. <laughs> and a gallery of portraits. Exactly, exactly. Uh, tortured artist or rational radio DJ? Rational radio DJ. Soap opera Every time. or period drama? <sighs> period drama. Art or tech? Art. Art or food? Food. Private view or view of privates? Ooh, private view. And finally, dicks or vulvas? Oh. <laughs> it's dicks, but... <laughs> it's dicks. <laughs> I'm so sad. <laughs> Let's have a look at your one. Um... I don't know how well you can <gasps> see it. That's so good. Look at the shadings. <sniffs> oh my gosh. That's yeah. amazing. Do you know what I mean about it being a sort of gingerbread? Yeah, no. That is like, look at the mouth. Terrifying. That is, imagine that. Imagine if you'd sleep paralysis and that's at the <laughs> end of your bed. <laughs> it's very creepy. It's like E.T., isn't it? It is, it is like a very sexually explicit E.T. <laughs> yeah. um, E.T. after dark. Exactly. Um, I'll put mine together now and I'll show you. Yeah, great. It should be. It's been really fun. Thank you. Hey, no problem. Sorry for uh, going all <laughs> very dark in the No, middle. I liked it. It's good to mix it up <laughs> as well. That's the beauty of the art podcast is it can be heavy and it can be light. <laughs> right i'm gonna put the eyes i'm just putting it together and i'll oh my god i'm so excited what's the thing behind you you've got loads of cool like things in your backdrop there's like a circular oh. thing with pom-poms on that's the i made this it's the the wheel of misfortune oh that's the wheel of misfortune yeah yeah it's so, so cool i should give it a little clitoris oh wow <laughs> that is incredible it almost looks like a sort of insect it does with like huge alien eyes a green face sort of yellow arms and orange are they the legs yeah. in orange and then a beautiful pink blue and sort of beige vulva with a, is that purple, the clitoris? It's a, it's a little grey clitoris. It's wonderful. Thank you. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I love it so much. I just remember, I'll, I will tell you about it. 
take a picture of that. Yeah, you must. Send it to me immediately. Thank you for listening and thank you, Alison, for being so open and brilliant. Make sure you're following her on social media at Alison Spittle and listen to her and Fern Brady's excellent podcast, Wheel of Misfortune, on BBC Sounds. To see our very strange artworks from this week, then follow Secret Artists on social media at Secret Art Pod. And if you want to look up any of the artists we talked about today, they were Geneve Figgis, Joseph Caslin, and the paintings Alison mentioned were The Execution of Lady Jane Grey by Paul de la Roche, as well as The Lactation of St Bernard, which is worth checking out. So enjoy looking at those and see you next time. Bye, 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 bye. Secret Artists is a Turtle Canyon comedy production for Acast. Music by Alistair Clayton. Quickfire Round Music by Steve Dunn. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 